There it is. We are on. We are live. It is a beautiful Tuesday. Welcome, everybody. We are going to be learning all about managing conflict the Gottman way today. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to get a chance to learn quite a bit. So here we go. Let's jump in. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to this beautiful Tuesday. If you are joining us for the first time today, welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you've been here for a while, then you already know that we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. This week, we have a special Thursday episode with author of The Love's Not Colorblind book, Kevin Patterson. But anyway, other than that, three opportunities every week for you to ask questions. So if you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs, let me know, or leave a comment while we're recording live. Find us on all social media's platforms at Practicing Polyay, let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, as a reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on this show. None of us are perfect. We are here to share all of our imperfect stories because the more stories we hear, the more others will see us in themselves and the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com and sign up to share your imperfect story too. All right, everybody, let's jump in and introduce today's awesome guest. Did you know that couples suffer through an average of six years of unhappy relationships before seeking professional help? Six freaking years. Today's guest believes that your relationship matters too much to waste even one more day. She works with individuals, couples, and all manner of non-traditional relationships to reignite the sparks of passion, resolve seemingly insurmountable conflicts, and navigate non-monogamy to make your loves last. Our guest understands that we are imperfect beings, and she humbly recounts her own experiences with her clients as she helps them to shift their perspectives. As a Gottman certified relationship therapist, our guest is able to help people disarm conflicting, conflicting verbal communication, increase intimacy, and remove barriers to create a heightened sense of empathy and understanding in all of your relationships. So tune in today as we dive into the Gottman method of conflict conflict resolution, and learn how to build a foundation of trust and commitment with your partners. Joining us today from Couples Counseling of Central Florida, host of the Stubborn Love and EmoCast podcasts, welcome to the show, Paige Bond. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paige, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for hanging out and making some time to chat with us today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to let people know how the Gottman Method can help you not have really nasty fights and help you learn that, hey, we can also apply the same stuff from that we learn in monogamous relationships and apply it to polyamorous too. Well, here we go. Let's dive right into that. So tell me a little bit, uh, I guess, about the Gottman methodology. I, I've heard it mentioned uh, multiple times here on the show. Um, several of our of our therapist friends have have mentioned it. They have the certification. I've never actually asked, what is it? 
<laughs> well, um, it's kind of a, a brand of a, a bunch of research from Julie and John Gottman. So they are both actually psychologists who have specialized in couples research for like 40 years. 40 okay. years of researching. Years. Um, yeah. So time. they are kind of like the ultimate people who you want to go to if you want to learn about what makes relationships work. So they are most well known for their experiments called the Love Lab. And what mm. they did, I think this was back in the 80s or 90s, they set up these apartments and watched couples interact. And they would code them in certain ways so as to realize how the couples were interacting with each other. And this is how they determined um, what are the four cornerstones of what makes a relationship work. And they found that if we have the four horsemen present, that you're kind of on the way to a relationship disaster. Okay, you said two things there. One was four cornerstones to make relationships work. And the mm -hmm. other one was four horsemen. Right. Yes. Can you can you name those off the top of your head? Mm -hmm. Yep. I, right. I can go well in depth to detail for them. But the four main ones are we have um, criticism. We have contempt. We have defensiveness and we have stonewalling. So if you want, I can go a little bit more in depth into what each of those look like. Sure. And then talk about, uh, they call them, uh, we want to get the antidotes to those four horsemen so that we're not as nasty to each other anymore. Nice. And one more time, it was criticism. Mm -hmm. Criticism, contempt, contempt, uh -huh. defensiveness, and then stonewalling. And stonewalling. Okay. So hit me with it. Let, let's talk criticism. Let's dive in and see how, uh, I mean, it, it sounds obvious to me. Somebody mm -hmm. takes out the trash and they forgot to put the new bag in. And I'm just, you know, instead of saying thank you for taking out the trash, it's why didn't you put a new bag in? Gosh, I hate it when you do that. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, right? I actually that, use that exact example with my couples every yes. time. It's Damn, always I'm the good. trash. It's always the trash, isn't it? See, you've been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all have. It's okay. And, and just because these four horsemen are present in your relationship, it doesn't mean you're doomed. It's how long are they present for? And are you willing to attempt to actually make changes and dial these back so that you implement the antidotes. So okay. criticism is just exactly as you described. That's a great example. It's using that um, blaming, that describing a character flaw. Um, so for taking out the trash, maybe we also say, you're so lazy. You never pick up the chores. You never do that. So mm -hmm. when we hear always, never, or obviously, we already know that that's a criticism coming. Got mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, only a Sith deals in absolutes. Yes. So what the, the issue with that is, is even though we're trying to communicate something like a change behavior with, hey, you're, you're so lazy or why can't you do this? We're not really communicating what we're really needing. So the antidote to criticism is actually communicating what our feelings and needs are with I statements. Mm, mm -hmm, yeah. And so with I statements, sometimes we get confused what I statements are. Sometimes it's like, well, I feel like you're such a jerk for not taking out the trash. <laughs> I <laughs> don't think. Yeah. 
That yeah. does not work. That is not the antidote to criticism. You actually have to describe what your emotion is. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not an I statement. That's not how it works. Okay. Mm -hmm. So give me an example of a good I statement. Mm, so a good I statement would be, I feel unheard when I've told you, you know, three times today to take out the trash for me. And I notice that the trash still hasn't been taken out. I also feel disappointed that I, I still see that the chore hasn't been done. That's a lot more calm. For sure. And it, it takes that onus off of our partner. Uh, and I mean, it puts it on us. Like, yes, my partner can't get uh, defensive about the way that I feel. Yes. Unless they say, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Right. That, then, we're probably... <laughs> then we're going down. Then we're going down. Well, we're actually, that leads us into the next horseman of defensiveness. Yeah. Um, because when someone says, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's the other person not taking ownership for their own actions of slacking on the trash, of not listening and taking care of the chores. So when we're defensive, we're trying to deflect all the blame onto the other party. We don't want to take any of that responsibility. So we deflect, 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 and not accept any um, anything that our partner who's criticizing us is throwing at us. So as you can see, it's kind of this back and forth. It's really hard to get out of that cycle. If one person's critical and then the other one gets defensive, how do we actually get out of that cycle, right? How do um, we? <laughs> good question. <laughs> so defensiveness, um, you have to be uh, willing to take a look at yourself and your own actions and say, you know what, sweetie? You're right. I did forget to take out the trash. And I goofed on that. I'm sorry. It's you taking ownership for what you screwed up on. And it's okay. We, we need accountability in relationships. You taking that accountability is going to help build trust with your partner even. So instead of um, defensiveness, that turns into you taking responsibility, you making a, um, something we call repair attempt. So in Gottman uh, method, and people can look online if you're listening, um, you can Google the Gottman repair checklist. You can, oh. there's a whole section for uh, saying sorry, all the different ways we can apologize so that we can tune in uh, to creating uh, the opposite culture of defensiveness. So we, we can say my reactions were too extreme. I'm sorry. Let me try again. Um, I can see my part in all of this. It's really just, again, taking, even if it's only 10% of the problem that you can acknowledge, mm -hmm. even some point that will help the other person feel a lot less critical. And then they aren't going to be as attacking. They're going to be like, oh, well, okay, I guess I, yeah, you, you are right. You, you did goof. Then we can move on to what can we do better? So it sounds to me like the antidote for defensiveness is introspection. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's really hard. It, mm -hmm. it can be. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess uh, for me, introspection is just like part of my personality, part of mm -hmm. just kind of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe other people 
don't feel that way. Other people maybe don't want to look inside. Like, have you have you yeah. run into that situation where that introspection is just really difficult um, mm-hmm. with some clients? How do you yeah. help somebody who has trouble being introspective to get there? Yeah. So this actually happens a lot with the people I work with, um, because more times than not, and I hear this almost daily, is that they grew up in a family where they avoid conflict. So it's no wonder that they feel defensive. It's no wonder that they're not taking responsibility for their actions that they're goofing up on or Mm -hmm. taking responsibility for the, the feelings that they're avoiding. So that introspection, how we get there is, one, we kind of call out the behavior, which is usually my job as their couple <laughs> therapist, um, which is kind of fun for me because I like to do that anyways. Um, <laughs> so when, uh, when I call out the behavior and I say, do you notice this? And then they're kind of like, well, yeah, maybe. And I'll ask them about their history of it. Um, I, I maybe ask them, Are, does this, you know, bleed into all areas of your life? Or is it just within your relationship? And if it's just in your relationship, why? How did it get there Mm. that you're having so much trouble being introspective there? Does it feel like a safe environment for you to be introspective? We we go really in depth with it. I'm I'm going to take it a little bit deeper because one of the things that you mentioned uh, in your questionnaire is Possibly the biggest lesson that you've learned about polyamory is the importance of one's secure attachment to self. Yeah. And so what it sounds like to me is through our family of origin, through the things that we've been through, uh, we have maybe insecure attachments or, or uh, uh, you know, problems there when it comes to that introspection. Mm-hmm. And so I want to kind of ask you to tie these two ideas together, uh, the secure attachment to self and overcoming these, these ideas or these, these, uh, these obstacles, I guess, from our family of origins Mm -hmm. that put us in this position where we're not able to really look inside ourselves or when, when it's called out by someone like yourself, Mm -hmm. we're still hesitant to really take that responsibility. Yeah. Can you help me tie these two ideas together? Yeah, um, I was actually just uh, talking about this subject with a particular client last week on how really growing up, um, no one tended to their needs, um, especially male figures. Uh, She finds herself getting into relationships that don't really work for her, but it's like, eh, good enough. And so um, a big part of that is her not being introspective enough into looking into her own needs. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when we don't have that secure attachment with a secure figure, we rely on, you know, everybody else. We rely and depend on, okay, you get to define my needs. And what I was actually working on with her is utilizing. um, Have you heard or or read the Poly Secure book by Jessica Fern yet? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So I use that with with both my monogamous and non-monogamous people. It's it's applicable to everybody. I love that mm-hmm. book. And so we're we're using the hearts method um, to to help her find that secure attachment with herself because 
Um, she's now finally single for the first time in a while. And we're trying to unpack that because part of her has this need to, to find that security, to, to rely on, you know, finding that other person mm -hmm. because it's hard to be secure within herself. So that's, um, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, I read that resonates a lot with me. Um, mm -hmm recently going through a separation and living on my own for the first time in seven years mm. uh, and having grown up and, and even into my early adulthood, um, later adulthood, whatever. Um, Young adulthood. All, all of my, basically all my life, like loneliness has been yeah. this demon that just, yeah. you know, it, it, it has driven me to, you know, pretty, depressed state so that's that that secure attachment and i feel like i've finally kind of figured that out like i, I feel pretty good yeah on my own now um uh, where i where i wasn't for a long time but uh but it takes it takes work it takes a lot of work uh to to get there i'm lucky i had a good family i feel like that's a a, a privilege i uh, believed in you for a long time okay thanks bro <laughs> I feel like that's a, a privilege, though, that I need to acknowledge, uh, because having had such a wonderful upbringing, great parents, I, I say a lot of times that I grew up basically in the Brady Bunch. Uh, oh. it, it gave me an opportunity, a lot of opportunity to develop that secure attachment, but not everybody yeah. necessarily has that. And so it can be a lot more work for others. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Getting back to managing conflict we talked about uh two of the four horsemen criticism mm -hmm. defensiveness uh well how about contempt that well we'll go into contempt as number three contempt is that. troubling so contempt is the most dangerous of the four horsemen if really? you have long-term contempt in your relationship contempt is basically resentment okay and if we're living with six years a decade two decades worth of resentment right Mm -hmm. mm, do we really have a healthy relationship? No. Right. So contempt is where, um, gosh, the, it can show up in all kinds of different ways. It can show up um, verbally. It can be name calling. Um, it can be putting you down. So, so mm. coming from a position of superiority saying, you know, I'm better than you or you're okay. less than me, making your partner feel worthless. That's contempt. Ugh. Um, yeah. and it can show up non-verbally too. So in your body language, you know, say, um, your partner is talking about something really serious and uh, they're, they're seeking care uh, and comfort from you and you act in a way of, gosh, you always do this. That's contempt right there. That's mm. contempt. The, that, that little there, the eye roll, it can be sarcasm. All of that shows up as toxic contempt to your relationship. Very dangerous. Yeah, I, I can see why that is the most dangerous ones and I'm just, I don't think, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of any examples where I've done that in my life, but just imagining mm -hmm. somebody doing that like to me today or me doing that to somebody else, that's just, ugh, that's, yeah. that's, that's ugly. Yeah. Um, so what's our, what's our antidote for contempt? How do we fix this? Mm -hmm. We create a culture of appreciation. We oh, try nice. our best to see the good in our partner. Um, so it, it can come up in many different ways. Um, 
one exercise that I like to do is um, a seven week exercise to create fondness and admiration, which kind of helps uh, my partners learn about, hey, what were the good things that we remember about our relationship that got us into this? Mm -hmm. Even just starting there will help put you on a more positive track. Um, because it, when we're in that mode of contempt, we don't see our partner in the best light. We think right. negatively of them. We think they're out to get us. We, we are not giving them the benefit of the doubt. And even when they're trying to do something nice, we still take it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of that is um, me doing a lot of intervening. If they're coming to, you know, therapy with me, me intervening and saying, whoa, 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 let's stop that. Let's rewind and let's try to use I statements and, and see if we can mm -hmm. just communicate the feeling and need. And then let's also see if we can throw in an appreciation there somewhere. Um, nice. I also try to end my sessions on a more positive note. So I have my couples go through um, a specific exercise of telling each other uh, something specific that they appreciated uh, about like an action they did recently. And I, I make sure that they don't do it in generalized terms. So I, I don't want them to say, oh, yeah, thanks. I, I really liked your dinner the other night. That doesn't give anything to the other partner. I need mm -hmm. you to be specific. So a good example would be, I really love that you made spaghetti for me the other night. It reminded me of the happy memories growing up. And I thought it was really thoughtful of you to do that because I felt really cared about. Got it. Got it. Yeah, the um, 5 a.m. club. 5am call that I'm a part of, we do, uh, what are you grateful for Wednesdays? Because when you are being grateful, you can't be angry, or at least that's yep. the, uh, that's the idea there. Um, just a quick, a quick story share here. Uh, my brother, who's, who's our producer back here at business bros pod, everybody make sure to follow that. Um, he did something for his wife a couple of years ago that was just the most amazing thing. And uh, it really changed uh, his relationship. He talks about the way that it changed his relationship. Mm. He spent a year journaling every single day the things that he was grateful for that specific day that, you know, things that she would that she might have done for him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, not that they were necessarily having problems before, you know, not, not that I'm aware of anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I, I definitely have seen the way that it changed their relationship and, and the way that he loves her and dotes on her now. Uh, yeah. it, it's pretty great. So uh, anybody listening, if you just want to, even if you're not having issues, if you want to improve your relationship, try something like that. Attitude mm -hmm. of gratitude is, is huge. So, yeah. so important. Yep. All right. Diving into number four. I'm yep. not even sure what this is. Stonewalling. I mean, yes. I'm thinking of a stone wall. Like, Perfect. does it just, just like, I, I, nope, I don't want to hear it. I'm not doing this. Just uh -huh. ignoring it completely. Uh -huh. head, exactly. in the, head in the sand. Ostrich. Yes. Okay. All of those, all of those and more. <laughs> and more. Yes. Tell me, tell me. Um, so uh, this is my favorite one. This is the one that I have struggled with the most in, in my mm -hmm. past uh, with, with conflict. And so stonewalling is where, um, when we're in a heated conflict, uh, our physiological arousal system gets triggered into fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. Stonewalling is that freezing, and we're just done. We can't do the conversation anymore. So maybe our partner is trying to talk to us about something serious, or maybe they're trying to push a subject. 
Um, at that point, the listener is all systems shut down, cannot receive anything because there's just so much physically going on in their body that they're too overwhelmed to even take in any information. Mm -hmm. um, we, we call it amygdala hijack because our emotions can't take on any more information that leads mm. to emotions. Um, I like to use like a, an old kind of caveman example of, um, so if, you know, uh, you and your partner were uh, in the caveman times and trying to hunt for food and all of a sudden you see that saber toothed tiger and you're like, oh gosh, we got to run. And so you start running away from the saber toothed tiger. And right before you started running, uh, your, your partner was trying to bring up a conflict, something to discuss, something to resolve. And so one partner is trying to still continue that conflict conversation while you're both running from that saber tooth tiger. That's not going to work because you're trying to find safety. You're trying to mm -hmm. get away from that tiger. And so mm -hmm. I describe it like that is the person who's feeling stonewalling. They're trying to find that safety. They don't know how to do it. They cannot mm. respond. They cannot engage in that conversation. Um, what it often looks like is, you know, sometimes we'll notice that people just like sink down into their seats. Sometimes they'll just look away. They may even physically get up and leave the room. Mm -hmm. What makes that worse, and I see it all the time in my people that I work with, is, of course, someone follows. Hey, where are you going? Why would you stop talking to me? What, mm. Let's resolve this issue. And that makes it even worse. That pushes the person deeper into that stone wall. Because, they, again, they still can't get it through to them. They have to physiologically calm down just their, their body before they can even have a good conversation. I'm going to throw some. It's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and it just gets worse. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to throw something at you here. Mm -hmm. There's this old uh, saying, this old ideology of never go to bed angry. What are your thoughts on <laughs> I'm sorry. I took it too far. <laughs> that was great. Okay. I would rather you go to bed angry mm -hmm. and get a good night's sleep so that you can resolve the conflict the next day rather than staying up for an extra six hours until 3 a.m. trying to resolve the conflict to where both of you found a compromise to where neither of you like it and you still feel resentful. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm mostly in agreement with you on there. So what's our antidote? Antidote. So we do something called self-soothing. Self-soothing is where you take care of yourself. Uh, this is where you do something that is uh, pleasurable to your senses or pleasurable for, for you to engage in. So I, I like to use the five senses of, you know, watch something, look at something that's pleasurable. You know, mm -hmm. if it's a TV show or if you want to go outside, look at the stars or do whatever, you can do that. You can uh, smell something that's really pleasant to you. If you like peppermint or lavender or light a candle, focus your sense on something else. And then, of course, the other senses of, you know, hearing, listening to music, get your body active, moving, exercise is mm -hmm. a great one. A lot of my go-to self-soothing mm -hmm. skill is going on a walk. I love doing that. Yep. Um, you just need to make sure that you're focusing on yourself and you're not focusing on the conflict during this time. So sometimes um, 
people will take the time out to try to do the self-soothing and then during their activity they're like well you know i should have said this and then we should talk about that that's not soothing yourself because then your heart rate is going to get back up your your physical senses you know wh whether it, you know you felt really overheated your heart rate was up i get a knot in my throat when i'm mm -hmm. feeling close to stonewalling yep, yep. all that's going to come back if during your activity you're focusing ruminating on that conflict again so really the the biggest thing you can do for yourself is let the conflict stay over there come back mm -hmm. to it when you feel a lot more calm so there's a little a little bit of uh, confusion that I'm having here mm -hmm. where when we talk about stonewalling and shutting down, mm -hmm. if I decide, you know what, I'm, I'm going to watch a Marvel movie right now because Marvel movies make me merry, right? Like like my mm -hmm. Marvel, that's, that's my getaway. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm stonewalling by not paying attention to the problem. I'm like, nope, just leave me alone so so if, right. I'm, if we're in the middle of a conflict mm -hmm. and i tell my partner hey look i need time yes. right but my partner's like nope like we need to talk about this i mean it, it feels like there's a little bit of uh of of a there, there's a, a possibility for confusion there right mm -hmm. yeah where, mm -hmm. where where by me walking away and getting away from the problem that could be perceived and mm -hmm. stonewalling. Mm -hmm. And and it can be. And this is why I am really specific with my people that I work with. I say, make sure that you are letting your partner know that you need a timeout. Do not okay. just get up and walk away to go self-soothe. They cannot read your mind and they need to know what you're doing. So we even decide on what kind of words do you need to hear that you need a timeout because maybe... I need a break is too triggering. And so then we find different verbiage that can help, again, keep that other one who wants to keep the conflict going and resolved because maybe I need a break is too triggering for that person. Mm -hmm. Maybe we come up with, hey, you know what? I love you. I just need like 30 minutes to go cool down, but I'll come back and we'll talk about this soon. Okay. And then we do that. So a little bit of pre-negotiation to make sure mm -hmm. that we have a good understanding yeah. a good a good uh language to make sure that our needs are being heard now when mm -hmm. we talk about these four horsemen i mean it, are these four horsemen present in every fight in every relationship mm -hmm. or is it like only the relationships that are doomed that we see this no it happens all the time it, okay. it comes and goes, um, uh, even the healthy ones, right? Because sometimes we can't be the, I've come up with this phrase, we can't be a perfect poly partner all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so we goof and that's okay. Just because we have these four horsemen, that's all right. And no, not every horseman may show up in every fight. Maybe it's just a little bit of criticism. And then as soon as maybe the other partner hears that criticism, they recognize that, ooh, they're having a hard time and they're having some feelings. They don't even go to defensiveness and they do take that responsibility first off. That'll eliminate a whole lot of conflict already. In my more high conflict couples, yeah, I, I do see the four horsemen all the time. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you are consistently engaging in all the four horsemen quite a bit consistently, then it is going to be hard to have a stable relationship. Right. Yeah. But they might show up on their own 
every once in a while. Yeah. Um, would you say that pretty much every fight, like one of these four horsemen is at the root or not necessarily? Mm, I won't say every single fight. Um, like, like even for my partner and I, when, when we get into any kind of conflict, um, uh, we can notice that we don't have to get to the point of the four horsemen because mm. we have that culture of appreciation. We are thinking the best of our partner. So we don't get to that point of, Ooh, I, I think they meant to hurt me or, Ooh, I think they, you know, are being lazy or inconsiderate. We take that culture of appreciation. And if we have that positive perspective about our partner, we're going to be like, Oh, you know what? Maybe they just had a lot on their mind today and they forgot. And so, bam, not even in the conflict at all. And we just have a nice. gentle conversation of, hey, you know, I noticed that the the trash hasn't been taken out. What's going on? What's on your mind? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's not necessarily going to be at the root of every conflict. Mm -hmm. But if we do see these four horsemen showing up in our fights, in our conflicts, it's definitely something that we need to address uh, yes. potentially with a third party like yourself yep. that can help us mediate and, and act as that intermediary and, and help us through it. Mm -hmm. Correct. Wow. Paige, <laughs> this has been so fun, so educational. I feel Good. like I really learned a lot from you. Um, if somebody wants to work with you, if somebody wants to chat with you, pick your brain, whatever, uh, what are the best ways for folks to get in touch with you? Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to reach out to me, you can go to my website at pagebond.com. You can also uh, shoot me an email. I'm pretty fast at responding within one business day or so. And that is contact at pagebond.com. Contact at pagebond.com. Perfect. Mm -hmm. One last final question. Uh, just because I wanted to, to get to this and we're not even going to dive deep. We're going to have to do, we're going to have to do a part two, but what are these four cornerstones of relationships? Oh, so that was actually just the, um, so I was kind of flipping it. So the four horsemen and then the four cornerstones of your saying your I statements and expressing your needs. Got it. You're taking that responsibility. Yes. The antidotes. Got mm -hmm. it. Got it. Okay. The, uh, it was I statements, introspection, culture mm -hmm. of appreciation yes. and self-soothing self mm -hmm. awesome very very cool Paige. it has been so much fun super educational thank you so much for spending time with me i really appreciate it and uh, definitely would hope to do this again soon i'm down ready for it thank you so <laughs> um, much of course, of course. And thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live right here Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Or sign up for Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. Thank you, as always, to our awesome guest. And until tomorrow, last one of the week. Have a nice day! 
Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing polyamory.